Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to the Case Interview Podcast. Just a quick heads up, what you're going to listen to right now is a clip from an interview Bruno and I did with a former McKinsey AP called Nicolas Constantinescu. If you enjoyed this clip, I highly recommend you listen to the full interview, which you can find in episode 20 of this podcast. All right, let's go on to the clip. Since we're on the topic of lifestyle and, and managing the mm -hmm. lifestyle, right? Yeah. So I think that like, I think it is very important, you know, for yourself to know how to manage lifestyle. And I've seen people who are very mm -hmm. good at it and people who are not good at it. And I'm happy to like to share experiences or stories about that. But I'll say this, that like when you are like an engagement manager or an AP and you're confronted with consultants who bring up the lifestyle issue a lot, that is... Mm -hmm very difficult to deal with like on some level even if the consultant doesn't mean it what it can feel like is that the consultant is no longer like fully investing themselves in the team and delivering you know client impact and so it almost kind of feels like it can sometimes even feel kind of like a loyalty issue if that makes sense right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i think that as a if we bring it back now to the the consultant If you want to manage your lifestyle, I mean, you should manage your lifestyle, of course, but just doing it by creating conflict and like win-lose type situations with, let's say, your engagement, your project manager is not really the right way to think about it. I think like a much better way to think about it. So I have, you know, I have a great example. Uh, it's my friend Namit, who is one of the, he's a senior partner on McKinsey and he's really one of the best. I mean, he's just extraordinarily good. And The guy never worked many hours, even as a consultant, even as an EM. And there were two things that two, let's say, habits that he started to develop early. And therefore, he became even better and better at those over time. And that really helped him. So the first one was he built a reputation for what were his content areas, right? And what he was mm -hmm. interested in, what he was trying to achieve. So he was pretty clear in his head what he wanted to achieve as a consultant, what he wanted to work on, the kinds mm -hmm. of clients, et cetera. And he really invested in building that reputation. And the consequence of this was that when people would come and say, hey, can you do this for me or whatever? He would easily, you know, if it didn't fit in his vision, he was not at all afraid to say, actually, you know, I'm, you know th there's a bit of a mismatch here between what you're asking and really what I'm trying to do. Right. But, he, you know, here, here's a way that you here's somebody that you might want to talk to, for example. Right. So and it got to the point where people wouldn't even come and ask him for things if they if they could already forecast that it didn't fit in. Yeah. Right. He kind of specialized and became known as the guy for X and not for other things. And if his lifestyle was good, I bet X was not private equity due diligence right? no it it, it it was you're right it wasn't private equity but but you know i think a lot of the bad lifestyle <laughs> you're right but a lot of the bad lifestyle isn't just in the team it's also all the other things next to the client work or next to the t the, the project mm -hmm. you're on it could be like a a letter of proposal that you're working on right and that you're kind of helping with mm -hmm. it could be some internal stuff and then you know there's the people in the in the firm are always going to be Asking you, hey, can you help with this? Can you help with this? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? The, the firm will never stop asking of you in a way. 
And actually, it's a bigger lever to manage your lifestyle, to manage that stuff than to manage within the team itself, right? But because of the reputation he built, he actually like filtered this very well. The second thing that he became extremely good at is using leverage. So basically figuring out mm. how do I allocate, you know, the stuff that is on my plate that I'm responsible for, like, should I do it or should I give it to somebody else to do it? And the way he differentiated was, I'm going to do it if I have unique value to add. But if I don't have unique value to yeah. add, then I'm going to find somebody, somebody else so that I can focus only on the stuff where I really have unique value to add. And it's interesting because I guess a lot of people are thinking now, well, I'm going to be a junior uh, when I join, so I can't do that. That's only for senior people. But my experience in the firm is that you can delegate a lot, even as a BA, like even as the most junior person on the team, because there are people who can assist you with PowerPoint slides and making them uh, more professional while you just draw them by hand. There are people who can assist you with Excel, with analytics. I once knew a BA that when he was stuck on an Excel sheet for like 15 minutes or, or less, or even less than that, he would instantly call the uh, Excel experts in Poland or somewhere, and they basically hack into your computer, they can see your screen, and they kind of build the formula for you. Uh, it kind of feels like cheating, but the firm created these support teams for a reason, right? Because like, you're not being paid to figure out Excel formulas and VLOOKUPs and stuff like that. Like, Exactly. I think that's a great example. So, so indeed, even as a BA, you can find ways to outsource and, and lean up, mm -hmm. right? And if you start that, pro it might be harder, but if you start building that muscle early on, instead of waiting until you're so-called senior, then, you know, by the time you're so-called senior, you won't have built that muscle, you won't have built that habit, and then you will be like overwhelmed with stuff. Thank you for listening to the Case Interview Podcast. If you want to get more insights into how to prepare like the best candidates and increase your chances of getting your dream offer, you can listen to our entire back catalog, starting from episode one. In fact, some of our best episodes are the ones we recorded early on. And if you want to go deeper and learn our best case-solving techniques, we welcome you to join our free course called Case Interview Fundamentals. And you can get instant access to it at craftingcases.com course. Now, I hope to see you in the next episode or in one of the previous ones.